you're about to enter the No BS Yarns on Fitness Mindset, where your host, Roz Ryan, will connect you with other busy, motivated, and high-energy achievers just like you. We'll laugh about those struggles that we all deal with on our journey to success, build each other up with ideas, motivation, and mindset, and learn about how to overcome obstacles that we all face at one time or another working around health and fitness. Oh, and by cutting out all the crap, hopefully you'll have moments where things just click and your ideas become unstoppable. So join us to build on mindset and keep things real. Hey guys, so if you are live on my profile today um, during lockdown, maybe you're just chilling and not working. Um, this is Ben from True Coach Academy in Dunedin. And I met Ben um, basically through Refresh and Recover, um, my bottles. And Ben has a, um, co- a coaching program and, um, around functional CrossFit. Um, he's also a CrossFit uh, coach. And I'm going to let him do his intro because he says it way better than I do about his history. But we're going to talk about some cool little subjects today that will interest those in the CrossFit community, um, maybe in the fitness community, about how um, Ben does his coaching and his programming. So, Ben, welcome to my Facebook page. Kia ora, guys. Uh, thanks for having me, Ross. Yeah, it's good to be here. It is nice to have you. Now, let's, let's um, first of all, we mentioned before we were offline, um, you, were last, you were in lockdown overseas. Where were you in lockdown last? Uh, so I was in, du- in Dubai for lockdown. Um, me and my wife spent last nine, or almost nine years living in the Middle East. Uh, so like three years in Kuwait, or three and a bit, and then uh, just over five years in Dubai. Uh, when lockdown hit, when we were in Dubai, so that time in March, we... We tried to book flights. We had three different flights booked, three different flights cancelled, um, trying to get out, uh, you know, lost an extreme amount of money trying to get mm-hmm. out of the country. Um, a lot of flights weren't refunded or not fully refunded or like I've still got one ticket that I can use until 2022, you know, like it, <laughs> what, what good is that? Yeah. Uh, but and then we ended up having to stay in Dubai until uh, late October and then we got out in October and then November uh, MIQ in New Zealand, uh, which was amazing. Like we had a really, it was really, really good to come home. And we had the most like awesomest Kiwi as welcome when we <laughs> stepped foot on New Zealand, you know, New Zealand soil. And like you're looked after from the start to finish until we left. Um, but lockdown for us were, cause you know, you know in du- we're in Dubai, one of the most expensive cities in the world. Um, but we're in like an 1100 foot square apartment and you cannot leave you know it's not like lockdown in new zealand where you can go for a walk down the road like that was not happening uh you had to apply for a permit just to go to the supermarket uh which you could only go three days a week you had to drive on certain roads because if you took a longer drive there the camera would flash and you'd get a ticket Um, yeah so you were like we were like lock lockdown you know Uh, and it was a lot longer as well so obviously a lot stricter than our level four and we think this is bad (laughs) yeah it's like because they couldn't really trust i guess trust the community to do the right thing yeah um but new zealand handled it really really well and i and i tell you like over there everybody or all the expats and all the locals and everybody i communicate with and all my clients um everyone in the world is extremely envious like jealous of our position in new zealand you know everyone wants to come here and they're all like oh i wish we had a leader like jacinda i wish like our government did that i wish this i wish that you know yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, yeah, we do. We are lucky. We, we, I mean, like you say, we can go to the supermarket, civilized, yeah. you know, just but wear you, a mask. You, you just said that word like we are lucky. And it's like, we, like, it kind of bugs me a little bit because it wasn't luck. 
it was a it was a it was a good plan that yeah. was well executed by a team of five million people that put in the hard work True. you know and supported each other through it there was no luck to do with it yeah like, yeah absolutely the, and, all, but all the kiwis are like oh we got lucky and i'm like you, you didn't you did the hard work so you pat yourself on the back for it you yeah know? you know what kiwis are like they were not good at patting like, ourselves on the back i know right <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> so bad at it <laughs> um well that's really interesting I, i'm going to remember that because you know we all kind of think this sucks right now but at least it's sunny and everyone's more civilized at you know supermarkets and we kind of we we know the routine which is yeah. which is good i mean people still you know do the crazy shopping that was crazy it's always yeah. entertaining to watch the tiktoks on that day eh? <laughs> oh, it is a eh? Yeah. Like, I, I was at the supermarket and there was a guy and his preference and his trolley on was like he's got his he's got his solids he had like 12 bottles of wine he had two yeah. boxes of wear, beer and he had like two packs of toilet paper and he was sort of the essentials yeah. <laughs> yeah i think i was watching the news the uh the tiktok footage that they showed of super liquor here at otago university we yeah. drove past it that night on the way home I saw it that. Was, it was exactly like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It was crazy. And it, but the funniest thing, I swear it was like heaps of young people, eh? Like it, it looked like way younger than, you know, everyone was just in there trying to get as much as possible. Absolutely. But it happens like we have it down the road and, and everyone, that's the essential, make sure we have the alcohol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so let's talk about, now you're here. Um, one of the things we spoke about last time is the, is how you train teens in CrossFit. And, you know, uh, like I said, I wish there was CrossFit when I was growing up because I think it's amazing for teens to do. Um, um, what I like that we discussed is how you train your team so it's not necessarily them having to meet a particular mark like RX or a particular weight. So do you yeah. want to like chat to us about everyone that's watching, chat to them about this because I really love this. Yeah, so my, my background is, um, so I've been, uh, like I was an athlete my entire life growing up. Um, you know, I, I was the kid that kind of like filled the, the high school sports trophy, like cabinet, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, and I've been doing CrossFit for like a bit over 12 years now. Uh, like my first regionals was Australia in like 2011, you know, 2011, 2012, 13, 14, and so on, competed overseas. And so I've always been that really athletic kid, but I love training kids and teens. And then with all the study I've done on top of that, um, I really noticed like I try to create an environment where no kid gets left behind. And that's, that's different than saying, something like Wheat Bix Kiwi Kids Triathlon, which is awesome, but it's all about our participation, right? Whereas uh, the environment that I try to create is I figure out a way where everybody can win something. Like every kid is the best at something. We've just got to figure out what it is. Yeah. If you can't do that as an educator, as a teacher, as a coach, as a trainer, then you're not that great at your job, right? If you're always praising that same kid, the me in high school, for winning all the time, what you need to do is create a situation where I learn to lose and another kid might win. Right. Yeah. So I create an environment like we know as adults that mass moves mass. Right. So if we're doing deadlift, sled push, farmers carries, the heavier kid is most likely going to win. Right. And they're <laughs> going to feel extremely proud of that moment and that situation. And the skinny little fit kid with the fit kid was me yeah. <laughs> is probably going to lose. Right. And they're going to get like, they're going to have to eat a bit of humble pie and realize that, hey, they can't actually win everything. Yeah. You might be able to run rings around them on the rugby field, but A, you better hope he doesn't get hold of you. And, <laughs> and B, what if the competition doesn't involve any running? What if it's just purely lifting? You know, and the Olympics is a really good example of that where we have 
some uh, New Zealand athletes in the super heavies, you know, and like Valerie Adams as a shot putter. Like you wouldn't stand there and be like, oh, you're not fit, you know, because she'd probably throw you across the room. Yeah. Um, but so we create, I like to create an environment uh, where, where the gym becomes like a really positive and a really safe space. Um, so like the ethos of future fit is, uh, forgot it for a second. Um, yeah. Creating a positive relationship towards health and fitness. Nice. Right? The last thing I want is when a student leaves the gym or like leaves a box is for them to think, associate the word gym or workout with a chore. You never want them to go, Oh, I have to go work out. Yeah. You hear that from adults all the time. And that probably means that they've had a really bad experience in the past. Right. Even as adults, my, my adult classes is that should never be the case. The gym should never be a chore. It should be your happy place. It should be the best hour of your day. And if it's not, you need to change something. Or if there's a coach listening to this, they need to figure out how can they make this the best hour of their day. Yeah. Um, and creating that environment with the kids, like it's still competitive. Don't get me wrong. There's still uh, the athletic kid isn't going to get left behind, like by no means. And it's really good for them to experience losing a little bit. When it comes to the programming of things, uh, especially when the kids, uh, especially like pre-adolescent, um, we definitely, we don't prescribe weights. Um, actually, even for my teenagers, I don't prescribe a RX weight. Um, and there's no weight difference or box difference or wall ball kettlebell difference or calorie difference on the rower between boys and girls either. I keep it exactly the same. And then I describe to the teenagers how the workout should feel. So, the situation might be, let's say if it's like a 200 meter run and then say 15 kettlebell swings before your next movement, I explain the weight of that kettlebell should be something that you can go unbroken for this workout, but only just. And then I allow them to go and make the right decision to pick a weight. Cool. And the more you get to know your kids, you're going to be like, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll get out something that's too, maybe way, way too light for them. Maybe because they're trying to take it easy, you know? And you might be like, hey, Isaac, do you, do you think that might be a bit easy for you today? You know? Yeah. Or, and you kind of let them make the decision. And they might give you an answer like, oh, actually, I'm feeling my back a little bit today, so I thought I'd go lighter. And that's like a really intelligent answer to give. Or sometimes they might be like, oh, damn, you caught me coaching. And go, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. But rather than like drill sergeant, no, you have to go this weight. Or this is a weight that I expect. And if you don't reach that weight, then you're not fit. Like that's yeah. always really bugged me. Um, and I found I've had far higher retention in my classes doing it this way. Yeah. I like that. And I also like the fact that you mentioned last time we spoke, how, you know, it's not about, Hey, whoever Sally or Tim, you know, you did really well in class today. Your squat form was really amazing. You're critiquing them on how they're doing things correctly versus how much weight they're throwing around or how fast they're doing stuff, you know? At the, uh, so at the end of the session, at the debrief where we sit down and stretch, uh, rather than rewarding um, who lifted the most weight uh, or who won the workout, right, who finished the workout, I flip that switch and we reward best effort and best technique. So then those kids next time they're thinking, hey, if I slow down a little bit and I get my back really, really set before I pick up this weight off the ground every single repetition, even though I'm only three seconds slower in the workout and I might not win, right? coach is going to praise me for having better deadlift technique. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of like just changing that mindset. And if they can think like that until they become young adults, and then when they go to play any other sport, they're thinking, Hey, I need to learn technique first. Right. So I don't get injured. Right. And then that's going to allow me to perform at the highest level later. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Like and that. then auditing, or, uh, sorry, uh, rewarding best effort because uh, that's coming back to that Wheat Bix Kiwi Kids Triathlon, which is awesome. I did that when I was growing up. Um, but I always got annoyed because I normally won it, but I would get the same <laughs> award as every other kid because yeah. everyone gets the same award. Yeah. Right. It would be great if they had a system and that where maybe it was completely subjective to the adults, but in each single year grades, like seven year old, eight year old, nine year old, be like, you put in the best effort out of anyone today. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then people yeah. would be like, man, I actually got noticed for my hard work, but no, I didn't necessarily win. When, yeah. And you can instantly see how that would transfer to like the workforce, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. And that's true, right? A lot of stuff from sport and from growing up that we've done with that we've as kids we've been involved with with coaches or, you know, teams, it transfers into how we work as a team in the workforce as well, or under a boss, you know, and how they Absolutely. work with us. Yeah. yeah. So really, really important. Um and you have that immediate effect to the classroom as well. Yeah. You know? Where yeah. a teacher might be like, you might not be the smartest kid in math class, but suddenly they see you trying more, right? Or putting in more effort. And usually a teacher is going to reward that and be like, hey, I can see you're really focused on trying to get this. And then they might actually give you a little bit more attention because now you're paying more attention to want to learn. Yeah. But you might not ever be the smartest kid, math kid in class. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you, your effort gets rewarded. So that's, that's what I like to implement into the classes. And I don't tell the kids any of this. Yeah. It's just they don't need to know that, right? Yeah. They'll understand that later in life when they're adults, but uh, they don't need to. Sorry, the dogs are coming. Uh, they don't need to. You don't need to tell the kid, oh, you'll win this because you're the heaviest kid in class. Like, yeah. That, that would defeat everything, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. But we know this as adults to uh, create an, like the correct sort of learning and uh, outcome environment for them. Yeah, totally. I love that. Um, I, I also love the fact, um, you know, someone that just crossed it, like I said, I've been doing this. I think I've been doing CrossFit now for five years. Um, and, you know, there's some RX weights and stuff that I can, I'll never be able to reach because it's just not something that I'm very good at is in my strength capacity and sometimes even my skill capacity. Um, so let's talk about, I loved how you uh, do your coaching in class in terms of RX. Um, yep. I'm going to let you explain, but I really, it really interested me and I thought it was such a great, a great idea. Yeah, so I... I ditched the RX method for my classes at around 2014, 2015. So a long time ago. Um, and now I've, uh, so I used to, I opened the first CrossFit gym here in Dunedin uh, in 2000, yeah, January 2010. I uh, had that for a couple of years before I moved to Kuwait. In Kuwait, um, I, I, I started a CrossFit classes at a regular gym I was working at. I opened another gym there. Um, and in Dubai, I've managed, managed several CrossFit gyms been head coaches in them, um, open gyms there, consulted for other gyms. Um, so I've been around the CrossFit world for a long time. 2014, 2015 is when I kind of uh, ditched the RX method and instantly noticed an increase in retention in that gym, right? So you've got less, less turnover. And all that was is it's not I didn't just ditch the weights and then let everyone go for it. Is As a coach, you need to describe how that weight uh, how that workout should feel. What is the workout or what is the intended stimulus to this workout? So a classic example is like the great, uh, is the CrossFit workout grace, right? It's 30 clean and jerks for time, 135 for men, 95 for women, which is 61 kgs for men and 43 kgs for women respectively, right? Now that workout, the intent when Greg Glassman came up with that workout was it needs to be sub three minutes. 
right? <laughs> Under two, if you can. And it needs to hurt, right? <laughs> now, if you think about sports, right, what sort of race is around that time, right? That two to three minute time, probably like your 800 meter. Yeah. Right. So I, I would describe in class like, hey, who, hands up, who's running 800 meter in high school? Cool. Now leave your hand up if you hated it, right? Did it hurt like hell? Yes. That's what this workout needs to feel like. It should not feel like a 5K, right? So you kind of tell them the, the intended stimulus and then let them decide the weight they're going to pick. The better you get to know them as a coach and the better they learn over time as, as this own athlete, they will eventually pick usually the best, the ideal weight for that workout every single time. Yeah. You know? yeah. If you want to compete, yes, there's a benefit in going RX, but also not too soon. Like just because you want to compete and that workout is prescribed at 61 kgs and then you do it, but it takes you 15 minutes. Like, did you really benefit from it? Mm. You know, it's like it would, you'd be far better off doing it at say 50 kgs and taking five minutes. Yeah. You know, and then as you get a little bit better and a little bit more efficient at the clean and jerk, now you try it at 55 kgs and see if you can beat your old time at 50 and you slowly make imp- increments like that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And then, then you get uh, your people in the class that get a lot more worth out of it rather than going, oh, I didn't go RX and then are beating themselves up for it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or the flip side is, oh, I went RX, but now I can't walk for a week. <laughs> right. And I'm like, well, I told you, like, it probably wasn't the best idea for you to try RX, but they really wanted to do it because their friends were doing it or, you know, they felt less than because they didn't lift the weight that the coach read on the board. Yeah. Which is a complete arbitrary number anyway. Yes. The number yeah. on the board is only to, uh, it's like a benchmark of say fitness to achieve an intended stimulus, right? Intended stimulus is the key part there, right? That number needs to be scaled to achieve this stimulus. Yeah. Right. Don't just try and force everybody to achieve the number. And then that means success. It doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, and, I, and I like that because no one ever can, you know, not everyone's going to reach the RX prescription. No. Um, and sometimes I think when you've been going a long time, it can become a mindset thing where you go, am I ever going to be able to reach this? Or is it just for the athletes, you know? Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I love how you've described how you should feel because every workout should feel like you've given them a visual, you know, of how, yeah the 800 meters, they can visualize that feeling and how that feeling felt and how bad they felt or how good they felt. So I yeah. think it's great. Because we do it all the time or coaches do it without even noticing, especially in the longer workout stuff, right? If they've prescribed like a 30 minute AMRAP, they've probably said, hey, don't start this workout like a 400 meter run. You know, treat it like you're going for a five or a 10K run. It's a long workout, so pace yourself. But then on the flip side, when it suddenly gets short and heavy, they're like, yeah, go RX. And they really push you. And you're like, well, no, you probably shouldn't. We don't do it with athletes in any other sport, right? When you are a junior cyclist uh, growing up, cause I did a lot of triathlons, um, you're not allowed to ride on a heavy gear, right? Cause it's going to grow your quads too fast and give you a lot of knee damage. You've got to learn to spin, right? They restrict your gears until you can a become of age or B sustain a certain amount of RPM for a certain amount of time. Wow. And, uh, we do it in gymnastics all the time, right? Yes. Gymnastics have all these different levels. Right now, I think new gymnastics is like level one to level 10, right? You can't try anything in level two until you tick everything in level one, not almost everything, everything. Everything. And then you can learn. And because they know like, okay, you might get away with it at level two and maybe at level three, but at level four, there'll be a breakdown and there'll be a hole in your performance because you didn't do this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
So yeah. intended stimulus is a huge part of how I sort of coach. And I noticed an, an immediate return on um, investment in terms of retention in the gym. Yeah, that's awesome. That's good. That's really yeah. cool. Um, for anyone that's listening, Ben has his own online program too. So I will put the details above when we finish on um, Dean, uh, Dean, Ben, <laughs> Dean, Ben, I need a coffee, Ben's details of his program. Um, and if you're looking to do something during lockdown and you haven't got anything to do, please go check him out. He gives seven days free access to his programs. Um, he's also doing body weighted programs on his Instagram feed. So please go check out what they look like. Um, his TikTok and Instagram videos are very cool. You will learn something. I learn, always learn something from his videos. Oh, thanks. Um, that I always <laughs> fly. So yeah. please go take a look. I will put the details below. But I thought today would be really cool just to introduce you to my people on my personal profile because I know I've got a lot of, um, you know, fitness, CrossFit friends, um, yeah. people that own gyms, all that kind of stuff. And it's always cool to have someone come in and talk and uh, what, what they're doing and changes and, and what's new because I found a lot of what you said is new. I've not, not heard anyone doing this um, here. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's awesome. Awesome. Thank you. It's been awesome having me as well. Love it. Yeah. And it's so, so good to be back in New Zealand. I mean, look, look how sunny Dunedin is. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. good. You and the yeah. t-shirt and everything. I mean, it's pretty warm down there. I yeah. actually not, actually, it's not a cold day here either today. Like, it's actually relatively pretty warm. Um, yeah. Just have it, like, you know, get a, get a hoodie and get a sweat on because it's winter and it's August. But, yeah, it looks like a primo day. Where are you? Where are you? You've got, a, like, a huge backyard. Oh, I'm on a farm. Nice. So we're like just north of Dunedin. Um, yeah. And so this is like 168 acres, my uh, in-laws place. Yeah, yeah. awesome. So awesome. like lo- lockdown is pretty cool. Like we just get to, you know, I work out on the deck or on the grass. Yeah. Then uh, I do some farm work Then I do some programming and laptop and social media. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, I re- I really enjoy I really enjoy the lockdown. Eh? It's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think a few people like this time around realizing the lockdown. I think the first one we had, we were all just fractious. We didn't. We've never been there before. Yeah, you know, the first well, one's tough. It was tough, yeah. but I think now everyone's like, okay, this is it. Let's just you know cruise yeah, yeah. into this, enjoy some time, catch up on some podcasts, ring some mates, ring some family. You know, um, I mean, if it wasn't wasn't for the uh, uh, for the damage it does to small businesses in the economy it's it'd be nice to kind of do like a week lockdown as a country every year you know yeah, just, like, a, yeah like a full-time yeah yeah the government just paid us to have like one week lockdown a year just for the sake of the environment yeah. you know it'd be great like you, can't, you can't go to your batches you're just gonna stay at your homes yeah like, yeah. yeah just one week home, just stay one at home. Week. Yeah, yeah. i'd like it i'd buy into that <laughs> good, good, it's a good week break yeah yeah all right, everyone, thank you so much for joining me. I'm going to put all oh, your details pleasure. above. And if anyone has any questions and wants to connect with Ben, please just drop me a message and I will connect you via Messenger. Um, but other than that, I hope you guys enjoyed this awesome discussion and some good new learnings. Cool. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ben.